Tell them to bring me my money. Hello, Americans, or should I say subsidiaries of Ukraine. I'm Dave Rubin. This is the Rubin Report. It's December 22nd, 2022. I like the symmetry of that date. We're live streaming on Rumble, YouTube, and Blaze TV. Uh, If you have not subscribed over at rumble.com, please go ahead and do that. And uh, we're rolling into Christmas, people. We are almost done. I think I mentioned at the end of the show yesterday, uh, next week, giving the people off, we're all going to spend some time with family and friends and eat some food, all the F words. Uh, But we do have some year-end content rolling in for you. We've got uh, some top clips of the year, some of my favorite moments, some viral moments, and a whole bunch more. But we're not going to just bludgeon you with everyday stuff. Hopefully you can get off the machines a little bit yourself and and enjoy the season. Uh, Today's theme is going to be about some of the top leaders of 2022. And by top, I mean bottom, because these people have not done a great job when it comes to doing right by the people that they are supposed to be taken care of or governing or whatever phrase you want to use. They mostly have done awful things. I think this was the year of awful leaders being exposed. We had 20 20 and 2021 of awful leaders doing awful things. 2022 is the year that they, that they all got exposed for the nonsense and their morally questionable activities, their continued lies, and sort of how the whole machine is set up to make you think you're crazy, but you're not crazy because you watch the Rubin Report. So that's where we're at today, and we're going to, of course, end it with a little bit of, hey, there's a way off this crazy machine. I I think we can do it together. Uh, So we're going to do a little bit of that. Uh, Let's start with uh, one of my my prime targets when it comes to politicians that I do not like. Justin Trudeau up in Canada. And Canada, I mentioned that America is now a subsidiary of Ukraine. We'll get to that in a little bit. Uh, Canada sometimes seems like a subsidiary of the United States. And Justin Trudeau seems to take all of the worst ideas that are exported out of California and import them into Canada. Canada has no mass gun problem. Canada has no mass racism problem. Uh, Canada has no mass uh, uh, problems, actually. They have a problem with Justin Trudeau. That would be the main problem. They don't have major systemic problems. Uh, But Justin Trudeau is all about silencing dissent. He is all about taking away guns. He is all about making sure that half the country thinks that they're racist people who should have their bank accounts frozen. And just yesterday, he continued on his quest to take away guns from Canadians. Uh, We will play you this clip, but again, this is to the backdrop that Canada does not have a gun violence problem. With Justin Trudeau admitting that some of those rifles, even those used legally by hunters, will be banned. There are some guns, yes, that we're going to have to take away from people who were using them to hunt and say, but we're going to also make sure that you're able to buy other guns from a long list of of guns that are accepted. We're going to have to take away the guns that some people use. What is he on? Like, oh, my God. I love you, Gavin Newsom. Oh, my God. Um, Look, once they start taking the guns, 
a whole bunch of bad stuff happens, okay? There are very, very few mass shootings in Canada. There is very, there's actually not a lot of crime in Canada in general, certainly gun crime. The idea that the government, we have to do it. We, us, with all the weapons and the guns and the police and the army and everything else, we have to just take a little bit more from you guys, even though we are acknowledging a lot of these guns that we're gonna take are actually used for hunting. Uh, and I don't know if you know about this, but Canada's got a lot of space up there. There's a lot of uh, animals that are roaming around and people do like to hunt up there. You can hunt some deer, some other things. Uh, the Mounties like to get up there and ride around and find some animals. It's just so ridiculous. Uh, we've got a little bit more on what's going on up there from the post-millennial. A surprise last minute amendment by the liberals to Trudeau's pending gun control bill, initially pitched as a way to prevent the sale of Canadian handguns, would result in the largest gun prohibition in Canadian legislative history, the National Post reports. The amendment tabled by Liberal uh, Member of Parliament Paul Chang would criminalize a firearm that is a rifle or a shotgun that is capable of discharging center fire ammunition in a semi-automatic manner that is designed to accept a detachable cartridge magazine with a capacity greater than five cartridges of the type for which the firearm was originally designed. So, you know, when we were putting the show together this morning and I was reading through these quotes, I, I will do a, a, a couple shows. We'll do something early in the year, just generally going through some of the language related to guns, magazines and semi-automatic and all that stuff, because we can talk about this stuff and I've done a bit of it in the past, uh, but I, I am certainly not gonna sit here and pretend that I am a total gun expert, a firearm expert, uh, but all of these things, you know what this is about. Like they can pick, okay, we're gonna get rid of the, okay, five magazines, this, and okay, we're gonna make sure they don't have that. What it really is about is what happened in Canada this year that Justin Trudeau fears more than anything else, is that the good people of Canada who had had it with everything that he had done to the country, although they did reelect him, although I think you know it's roughly around 35% of the vote, something like that is what he ended up with. Um, they've had it with him and they've had it with the draconian lockdowns and they protested him. And when they protested him and when the world was watching, he was freezing their bank accounts. He was arresting pastors at churches. He was one of the worst. He, he would be, I would say in terms of a world leader, I would put him on par with the prime minister of New Zealand, who's like a genuine sociopath, that woman. Uh, but uh, this is what Justin Trudeau has done and it's obvious that it was gonna go in this direction. And I would just say to my Canadian friends, uh, good luck to you. And uh, we are very welcoming of you guys down here in Florida, I'm meeting an awful lot of Canadians. Everyone thinks it's just Californians and New Yorkers moving down here to the free state of Florida. I'm meeting a lot of Canadians, a lot of Canadians who were snowbirds, meaning that they lived up somewhere in you know Calgary and Western Canada. They lived up in Toronto and Eastern Canada. They would come down to Florida for the winter, uh, but a lot of them are staying longer now. A lot of them are trying to figure out what their future is. Uh, Viva Fry, who is uh, he's a friend of mine and a friend of the show on all the time, uh, who is very successful lawyer in Canada. He now lives down here in Florida. Uh, Jordan Peterson, obviously, he's got his place in Toronto. He's trying to figure out how to spend more time down here. Plenty of people are trying to figure out uh, you know, if you if you want to be free, can you live in Canada? And I think the jury is out on that. Or perhaps the jury has already made their decision, and in which case you know what the answer is. But it's not just Justin Trudeau that is that is sort of uh, authoritarian and, and doing all of these crazy things that have nothing to do with why people elected them. 
Uh, we've also got this, this situation with Zelensky from Ukraine. Now, as you know, he came last night. He spoke to both uh, the Senate and the House joint session of Congress. And it was very odd because we're the ones giving him a lot of money, right? A lot of money. We've given them about 69 billion so far. It looks like we're gonna give them another 40 billion. So we're gonna be over a hundred billion dollars. I don't know. Do you think we could have used any of that here in America to perhaps uh, fix a stop sign or a road or something like that? I don't know. Maybe we're doing everything just right here. So we thought, okay, we'll give this guy a hundred billion dollars. Sure, he shut down the opposition parties when he took over. A little bit of a shady past. There are some Nazis in Ukraine, but all right, all right. I, <laughs> I don't want to belabor the point. He comes here. He doesn't even put on a suit. He wears his usual, uh, his usual green shirt. And uh, here he is uh, giving a talk last night. And oh, here he is with Biden, actually, first, before we get to the joint session of Congress. Here he is with Biden, uh, explaining sort of what his parameters are for peace. Just peace is different. For me, as a president, just peace is no compromises as to the sovereignty, freedom, and territorial integrity of my country, uh, the payback for all the damages inflicted by Russian aggression. Okay, so this is sort of interesting. So uh, remember Kamala Harris, Russia big, Ukraine small, remember that? The implication there was that this big bad guy Russia was attacking small good guy Ukraine. Now that's partly true, right? right let's just start from the beginning here. Russia did this. Russia is the country that invaded another sovereign nation. Now, it isn't that they just did this in the last year. You may remember when Barack Obama was president, Russia went in to Ukraine and took Crimea back. They had it a long time ago. Ukraine said, we're not gonna have nukes because you guys, you, the United States and the UK, you're gonna defend us if anything happens. And they knew if, if anything, that means if Russia does something. And Barack Obama just let it happen. Now, I don't even know that I would have been for us getting into a war then just because we had signed a piece of paper. It's sort of why every country, you know, peace is only worth something. The piece of paper is, is really only worth what it's written on, right? Like a piece of paper is a piece of paper. You have to be able to actually defend yourself. You can't sign a piece of paper, give away your weapons, and then go, uh, guys, guys, we, we have this piece of paper here. Can you, uh, can you blow up Russia for us? So there's a lot of sort of amateur hour politics going on here. Uh, but what Zelensky is saying there that a just peace is no compromise. Like if you were, if your country is being destroyed as we're told it is, and I'm not, I'm not denying that there's an awful lot of bad stuff happening in Ukraine and people are dying and there's a refugee crisis and all that. I, I've mentioned to you guys how we moved several of our, we, we had to close our local's office. We've moved several of our people out. We have some of them in the United States right now. So I'm not pretending that, no, that this is not legit. It obviously is legit and it's serious and all of that stuff. But the idea that he comes here to say no compromise, like if we're the one funding this thing, we're the one giving him the weapons, we're the ones that were supposed to make the guarantees in the first place, like the gall of this guy to show up in his t-shirt, stand there with the president of the United States and later, and we'll get to it in a second, the joint session of Congress, and basically be like, no compromise, no compromise, we're just gonna keep going. Uh, you know, Putin's got nukes, that's a bit of a problem. So if Putin's just like, no, we're not giving Crimea back. And that might just be where we're at right now, where Putin has just made his decision. We are not giving Crimea back. It's too, uh, the, the strat strategic importance of it is just too much. We're just not doing it. And, and Putin also knows if he gets a loss here, you know what happens to leaders when they get a loss and they are you know, uh, showing signs of weakness? They most likely end up like Gaddafi, who was on the run for the last couple of weeks of his life. And then uh, you've all probably seen the video. Some guy literally stuck a knife up his ass. And that was the end of Muammar Gaddafi. We don't have the video on that? All right. 
Anyway, uh, the point is that perhaps compromise is worth discussing, right? Uh, it doesn't mean it's right. It doesn't mean that anything that Russia has done is right. But if your position as the leader of Ukraine is, we will take nothing other than your surrender, the guys got nukes. Okay. Uh, now let's do this. This video was going viral yesterday. I thought this was really, uh, it's pretty quick, but I think it sort of attaches what the problem with America is right now. Uh, here's a video of Zelensky with Trump and a contrast to Zelensky with Biden. I really hope that you and President Putin get together and can solve your problem. That would be a tremendous achievement. It's an honor to be by your side in the United Defense against what is a brutal, brutal war being waged by Putin. Isn't that interesting? Donald Trump was telling Zelensky only three years ago, hey, you guys should talk this out because everyone sort of knew this was happening. You can go back. I didn't talk about it that much on the show, but we did talk about it for a, for a bit before this was happening. This was like a slow motion war. Everyone kept saying, Russia's gonna invade Ukraine. Putin's gonna invade Ukraine. There are videos of Biden being like, we know he's gonna invade Ukraine. So it's not like this happened out of nowhere. For years and years and years, Putin had been talking about this and we knew it was gonna happen. So Trump three years ago was like, hey, you guys better talk this stuff out. Maybe there's some deal to be cut. Maybe there's something that can be worked out here. Otherwise he's going to invade and we're gonna end up exactly where we're at. Then you contrast that with the Biden situation and Biden in essence is like, yeah, you're the good guy. He's the bad guy. How much money do you want? Where are my shoes? What time is it I have to go to bed? Here's Zelensky entering Congress last night and they just love this guy. Now remember, they love them and their whole gig is to take your money and give it to him. Once again, and I'm gonna have to stop by, by next year I'll stop qualifying it all the time. It is not to say Russia is good. It is not to say that his cause is not just at some level. But all of those people that are in that room were elected by Americans. And I think that Americans uh, elected them to protect American interests. Instead, we've got this former comedian actor from another country that nobody was talking about a year ago, all the people with their Ukrainian flags and their Twitter bios and their Instagram accounts. Nobody was talking about Ukraine. These clowns could not find Ukraine on a map if their life depended on it. And now somehow Ukraine has become the most important place in the entire world. Ukraine where Hunter Biden was doing some very shady deals. Is it crazy to think that it has something to do with that? Am I, am I a complete conspiracy theorist, misinformation, disinformation specialist? Come on. Anyway, here's a bit of Zelensky's uh, speech and he was a comedian in Ukraine. So I don't know, is this funny? You tell me. So, so here is the front line. The tyranny, which has no lack of cruelty against the lives of free people, and your support is crucial, not just to stand in such fight, but to get to the turning point to win on the battlefield. We have artillery. Yes. Thank you. We have it. Is it enough? Honestly, not really. <laughs> it's not enough. There's no amount that would be enough. There is literally no number that would be enough. 
And if your implication is, if we just give you more artillery, we give you more missiles, we give you more tanks, you push Russia back completely. We get to exactly where we were, what was it, six months ago when this thing started? We, already, we still have a problem already because of Crimea from years ago. Uh, but even if we do all of that again, does that mean you have victory if the other guy has nukes? Just, are any of these clowns thinking about any of this stuff clearly? But he continued to get more laughs. We already built strong Ukraine with strong people, strong army, strong institutions together with you. We developed strong security guarantees for our country and for entire Europe and the world together with you. And also together with you, we'll put in place everyone who will defy freedom. Put in. This guy should be writing for Colbert. Put in. You got it? I mean, who's in charge? Does it sound like we are in charge or the guy who showed up wearing a sweatshirt? Does he not have a suit? Put on a suit. I get that it's all theater, but just put on a suit, a sports jacket with some khakis and some loafers. That would be just fine. But no, he's got to wear his green sweatshirt all the time. And uh, Putin, Putin. In genius. Could have made a poutine joke, which would have brought us back to Canada. That's a gravy that they put on their French fries, those weirdos. Uh, anyway, uh, Tucker Carlson had a uh, rather quick snippet that I thought was pretty solid on this. As far as we know, no one's ever addressed the United States Congress in a sweatshirt before, but they love him much more than they love you. Like, that's just true. These people who are giving your money to this guy, who are giving him standing ovations, uh, they do love him more than they love you. That's unfortunate. And by the way, that's bipartisan. You know, my line about how you can't be a Republican, uh, you can't be a Democrat, right? You cannot be a Democrat. Maybe you should be a Republican. Maybe you should be. But they're going to fail you too, right? That's how it is. That's just how it is. And we're seeing that right now. That being said, there are a few Republicans doing some nice work on this. Mike Lee is trying to stop this crazy omnibus bill. Uh, we've had Rand Paul obviously fighting against it. Uh, Ted Cruz, like there are a couple people, Marco Rubio, they are realizing that we cannot endlessly uh, fight, uh, we cannot endlessly fund this thing. John Kennedy from Louisiana, oh, we've got some video of him in just a second, and a bunch more. Uh, actually, well, let's just go right to the John Kennedy. So he is a Republican from Louisiana. We've played a couple clips of this guy's just got a great way with words and how to, he's just got like just a perfect quip on almost everything and one of the few sane DC politicians. And here he is talking about the omnibus bill. This is the $1.7 trillion bill that's sort of being attached to this Zelensky thing, right? Because within the 1.7 trillion is the extra 40 billion for this guy. And again, don't forget the you know 68 roughly billion that we've already given him. Here's John Kennedy. I've been given two choices. Door number one is the current budget proposals put together by uh, Senator McConnell, Senator Schumer, Speaker Pelosi. Uh, it's about 133%, no, strike that. It's about a 33% increase over pre-pandemic spending. Uh, the three people who put it together say it's the best they can do. But there's a door number two. Door number two is to wait for a, um, a Republican House of Representatives and allow the, the House Republicans to put together a bill as a starting point. Now, you, you don't... You, 
basically that would substitute McCarthy for Pelosi in terms of putting together a budget bill. You, you don't have to be a, uh, a senior at Caltech to figure out if your objective is fiscal restraint, you're better off with McCarthy than Pelosi. We have a lot of big government Republicans, and we have a lot of Ritz-Carlton Democrats in this Congress. And most of them don't believe that the spending makes any difference in terms of the America's economy and our attempt to reduce inflation. Now, I don't agree with them. Um, I think those who believe that were probably in the quad playing Frisbee during Econ 101. But we're going to find out because I think this budget that they put together is, um, is going to pass. Okay, so first, the end. Yeah, this thing's going to pass. It's just going to pass. This is how it works. They scare the hell out of everybody. They jam it through by sending it to people at, at 2 a.m. on a Tuesday night. They know no one's read it, 4,200 pages of this. Literally nobody's read it. They lie about when people got the information. They have insane amounts of pork in there for crazy funding of insane things, including further funding of the NIH and all of the stuff that has done all of the bad stuff and they just keep doing it. Uh, but at the very least, what Kennedy said there is right. At the very least, so, so we're on the, the, the 22nd today, it's December 22nd. So about nine days left in this year, rolling into Christmas. All the Republicans would have to do right now is demand with, with whatever power they have. They could in essence say, listen, we're not signing this thing. We're just not signing this thing. What we're gonna do is we'll agree to fund the government for the rest of the year so that we have a government over Christmas. I don't know what the government's doing, but okay, let's have a government over Christmas. Honestly, the biggest Christmas gift to me would be that we wouldn't have a government. That would be an absolute pleasure. I guess I've become an anarchist here. Um, but what the Republicans should be doing, this is what he is saying, and this is exactly, by the way, what McCarthy said yesterday, because McCarthy is about to be the leader of the House, right? He's taking over for Pelosi, as Kennedy said. You fund the government to the end of the year, and then now that the Republicans are in charge, it's not that they're gonna be that great. They will not be that great, right? You don't have to be a Republican, but you cannot be a Democrat. That's what I always say. They will not be that great, they will fail you, blah, blah, blah. But fund the thing to the end of the year. Then, when Republicans take over, then how about we rewrite a more sensible bill and we cut some of the pork and maybe, I don't know, could, uh, you think Zelensky would be okay if we gave him say, I don't know, 30 instead of 38 billion? You think he'd be okay? Could we get some receipts on any of this stuff? Uh, but of course they're not gonna do it. The thing's gonna pass and it'll cause inflation to go up. We will exacerbate the war, et cetera, et cetera. This isn't very uh, Christmas cheery. We're gonna, have to, we're gonna have to figure this thing out by the end of the show. But they keep lying to you guys. They keep censoring you. We know the FBI is working with Twitter, literally paying Twitter to watch what you're saying and all of this stuff. So here is our black lesbian press secretary, Corinne Jean-Pierre, uh, referring, uh, well, she's talking about what's going on with the FBI and the Hunter Biden story. And oh, she's just go. The latest Twitter files show that the intelligence community was actively involved in discrediting the Hunter Biden laptop story. Does it bother the president and those at the White House that a government agency like the FBI was involved in suppressing a legitimate news story? Yeah, I'm, I'm just going to refer you to the FBI. I'm not going to comment from here about that. It's so wild. She's so as I said yesterday, there's no one in the history of the world that could be worse at their job than she is at her job. 
She's so transparently dishonest. Uh, the question was, how does Biden feel about it? How does the administration feel now knowing that the FBI was in cahoots with big tech to take out the Hunter Biden story? The, the question was not, did you guys have anything to do with it? Why could she not say very clearly, um, we don't really like the idea of our agencies working with private companies to silence Americans and quash stories that are of importance to the average American, right? Why don't, why couldn't she say that? Well, the obvious answer to that is she's thrilled about it, right? This is what the swamp is. The Democrats, more than the Republicans, but the Republicans too, the Democrats and big tech and these agencies, they work to silence information. You don't know exactly what the truth is. As I always say, the truth is now a time-release pill. So usually a year or two later, you actually get to the truth and a whole bunch of people who are wrong about everything pretend that they were there the entire time. And then it causes the people who are right about most of the stuff to really start getting annoyed at everybody else because it's like, come on, guys, like get on the get on the ship here already. Like get on board, come on, come on. But they keep lying, they keep censoring. Uh, but there is an out. There is an out, which I think will get us to the uh, Christmas spirit portion of this. Uh, the out is that people are waking up, right? Like you watching this right now, do you feel a little more awake as opposed to woke right now? Like after everything we found out in the last couple of weeks with the Twitter leaks and, and you know, the 51, this is what they were referencing there, the 51 intelligence officials who claimed that the Hunter Biden laptop was Russian disinformation, that it all turned out to be true. Or when you look back, uh, on that video, that interview we showed you from, you know, what's it, two years ago now? It's probably a little over two years ago where Donald Trump was on 60 Minutes saying that the Hunter Biden laptop is real and uh, the correspondent's like, no, 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 we can't authenticate it. Or all of the things related to COVID and everything else that there were some of us that did not lose our mind, that stayed roughly sane. And I, I still think it, and, and maybe it's a little Pollyannish, Maybe it's a little rose-colored glasses kind of thing, but I still think there are more of us than them. And I also think for some reason, for some reason, the truth does win in the end. I don't know why. I think the truth somehow, this would be a sort of Jordan Peterson version of it, like the truth is so fundamentally tied to reality, that, like the structure of reality that the truth, these people who lie about everything and who make you think while they're doing all the bad stuff, they make you look there and they make you think that the good guys are bad guys and the bad guys are good guys. They can't hold that forever. And I think that's why we're seeing so many things collapse in real time right now. So the, the, the silver lining is that the world's richest man got involved in this thing and gave us a little nugget, a little nugget. Now, what you do with that related to your voting habits or your lifestyle habits or where you live, or what nonprofits you donate to at the end of the year or whatever, what schools you send your kids to, that's up to you. But I really do think the silver lining is there is some sanity out there. Let's put it this way. Had we not found out what we've now found out through the Twitter leaks, that the government for sure was working with social media companies to censor us, which again, you knew, right? I knew, it was like, you don't have to show me a piece of paper with it to tell me what time it is. Like, I know, you can tell. There's a sun up there. You can estimate, you can guesstimate. We can, we can wake up more people. I really believe it. And that, that's our job. So imagine had Elon Musk not bought Twitter and none of this stuff leaked out, well, the screws would have been turned more against us. It would be sort of like, you know, this, was, this is what it reminds me of. And this is why I couldn't vote for Hillary. When I went into the, the ballot box, 
uh, in 2015 to vote in November of 2015. And I did not know who I was going to vote for. I hated Hillary. There was some stuff I liked about Trump, but I thought the personality was off. I did not know what to do. And I was like, I just can't vote for Hillary. I ended up that in, as you guys may remember, in 2016, I ended up voting for the libertarian Gary Johnson, uh, lib libertarian candidate Gary Johnson, who was really not a great libertarian, nice enough guy. I'd like to go skiing with him sometime, but like nothing was really there. But my feeling on not voting for Hillary more than anything else was that if you vote for Hillary, then all the stuff that we can kind of see that's wrong with everything, you just tighten those screws against us. It's just more of that. And Trump, and a lot of people saw this, I suppose, before I saw it, they saw the other thing, which was Trump may be messy and crazy and blah, blah, but he's the one that's loosening the screws of the machine. So now you take this to all these years later, and it's like, look where we are after COVID, after this Ukraine situation, after the censorship and everything else. It's like, there's a lot of forces that are you know, tightening those screws against us, but then Elon Musk comes in and unscrew some of those things. And then look how the system treats him. And also, you know, the FBI, by the way, uh, released a statement yesterday, basically saying that, uh, you know, we've always done this sort of stuff, meaning collusion with big tech. People have known it. And uh, the people who are talking about it are a bunch of misinformation specialists and conspiracy theorists. And it's like, uh, I don't think, did you guys know that? That the government openly works with tech companies and other companies to silence people. I did not know that for sure. I didn't see the paper on that one. I mean, again, I suspected it, like we all kind of knew it, but we didn't know it in a, in a hard, concrete way. Uh, what they should have done, the FBI actually is said, hey, you know what? This information is leaked out. Uh, it is true. We've been doing this for a while. We do understand the concerns that some, some of you may have as citizens of the United States, that you're worried about civil liberties and you're worried about the First Amendment and the Bill of Rights and the Constitution, all that stuff. And we'll try to be more transparent. That would have been something, but they can't. They do exactly what the media does with everything. You always double down. So you person out there who has some ballpark estimation of what the truth is, you are a conspiracy theorist for thinking that the government should not use your tax dollars to fund agencies that will work with companies to silence you. And that is all I think about that. Uh, let's get to some comments from the, uh, oh, well, with all that in mind, I, and I'll have a little bit more for you on this tomorrow, and then next year we're gonna really unveil a lot of this. One thing connected to all of the, the big tech stuff is uh, that, as you guys know, I, uh, I started Locals a couple of years ago because I was very concerned about what was going on with free speech online. We eventually merged with Rumble, uh, and as we go into 2023, we're gonna be expanding on that partnership in a couple of ways. Tomorrow I'll tell you, give you a little hint on one way that's gonna change a little bit of the structure of the show that we're doing here, uh, it, all in good ways, like great ways. It's, it's more stuff, basically, and more stuff that will be protected from big tech nonsense and you know less reliance on YouTube and all of, all of those other things. So there are people out there that are, that are building new products, that are addressing the issues honestly, and we just gotta keep running with that. That is the way out. Even if the Republicans are not as bad as the Democrats, they are not the ones that are going to save you. Believe it or not, guys, you are going to save yourselves. Uh, all right, a couple comments from rubenreport.locals.com. Zionist says Republicans have dropped the ball on this too. How easy is it to fool so many people at one time? It's so disappointing, right? And what's interesting about it is that even though you have some Republicans who I mentioned before, Mike Lee, Rand Paul, Ted Cruz, et cetera, who are fighting it. 
the machine. I mean, that line, when, when McConnell said that line that we played for you yesterday, that that's the number one, Ukraine is the number one priority on Republicans' minds, like that's nuts, that's nuts. I do a lot of stuff with politics all day long and current events and the culture wars. I'm out there, okay? When I walk around, this, you know, I go to a store, people say hi to me. They tell me what's on their mind. Nobody says anything about Ukraine. Can you believe Biden's got brain damage? That's up there. Biden brain damage, Ukraine not up there. But they will fail you every time. And that's why I always say you don't have to be a Republican, but you can't be a Democrat. The Democrats are completely gone, sold out through and through. There is not a sane voice in the party. The Republicans at least have a couple people at a national level, the senators that I just mentioned. And then at a state level, they do have a lot of good people and obviously Florida, okay, fine. But it's happening in Tennessee as well. And if you haven't seen my interview with Marsha Blackburn, Senator from Tennessee that we put up uh, a couple days ago, you should check that out. It's like, there are some good things happening at the state level with Republicans. And that's why you don't have to be a Republican. You probably should be just for sanity's sake because we, we're in a duopoly and you want to stop the Democrats. But yeah, they will, they will fail you. Uh, Talway says, who knew 1984 would be a prophetic piece? Yeah, I mean, Orwell's gotta be looking back going, mama mia, like, you know, like, this is too obvious. Everything, Newspeak, the reversal of truth, that everything that the system puts out will be a lie. Like the entire thing, it's all there, right? It's all there, 1984, man. If you haven't read it lately, like you absolutely should, or you can even watch, you know, on YouTube, they've got these little synopsises. You can watch like an eight minute video that'll sort of give you the full thing. And, and it's just, yeah, fiction is no reality. Weekly Cigar News says, the major problem that I see about this bill is that the Democrats are preventing Republicans for having any say for 18 months. Look, you can't only blame the Democrats here. The Republicans, as uh, Joe Kennedy just laid out, and as McCarthy laid out yesterday, it's like they could do a little something to stop this thing, but they're all gonna sign the freaking thing. Mitt Romney is drooling and salivating as he gets to sign this thing. So this is what the thing does. It, it, it funnels more money to the people that are in the thing. And it, uh, it is none too kind to those of us who offer up a little, a little bit of truth. And I would also just say that, again, as I always say to, to big tech and mainstream media, and now I'll say it to the politicians, you guys don't have to be great. You really don't have to be great. But could you just not be completely horrible? That's really the main message to our politicians. I think that's my closing message for the year to the politicians of America. You don't have to be that great. We don't think you'll be that great. And I'm talking about at the federal level, right? Because again, there are exceptions, especially here in Florida. You don't have to be that great, but just don't be the worst possible thing that we could possibly imagine. Could you do that? Would that be too much? I think it would, actually. Ladies and gentlemen, if you have not subscribed, please do at rumble.com slash Report. If you want to play along during the show, live chat, get advanced videos and a whole bunch more, uh, rubenreport.locals.com. Tomorrow is our last show before Christmas. I hope everybody is uh, thinking about what they're going to be doing next week. And I hope you've got great plans and you're going to be around people you love and all that good stuff. We're going to take a little time off. As I said, we pre-taped a bunch of stuff. So you get a few things next week, best ofs and some of my favorite moments, the favorite moment thing, like it was such a whacked out year. We do our 15 favorite political moments of the year and it's like, man, this all happened in one year, holy schmoly. Uh, anyway, I'll see you tomorrow and then uh, we'll see you in 23 and we leave you with the wizard known as Kamala Harris. You know, I like Venn diagrams, okay? So if you look... <laughs>
I do. You remember Venn diagrams, those three circles? Right, and then let's just see where they overlap. I love just Venn diagrams, okay. <laughs> I love Venn diagrams. <laughs> I just love Venn diagrams. You know, the three circles, right? Sometimes there are more. I love Venn diagrams. <laughs> you know, the three circles. He sees the Venn diagram of it all. He sees that there are those circles, and mm -hmm. maybe people seem that they're a little different. They live in different parts of the country. They may be different age or different race. But that area in the middle, that overlap. I happen to love Venn diagrams. Thank you guys for tuning in to the Rubin Report Direct Message. We're live on Rumble, Blaze TV, and YouTube every weekday at 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Pacific. Don't forget to review, share, and subscribe to this podcast. And if you're looking for early and exclusive content, you can join me on Locals at rubinreport.locals.com.